Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome back to Inside the Monster episode number nine presented by Odyssey. My name is Steve Peralt. That is Joey Capone. The Boston Red Sox have lost yet another series. Joey, we were just talking about this. The Sox are now 0 for their last four on recording days. So we are, you and I are riding a four-game losing streak. I know the Sox just broke that four-game losing streak on Wednesday. But my goodness, another series loss. And as always, your immediate thoughts, Joey. Uh, my immediate thoughts is that they're they're making our job harder by losing on recording mm-hmm. days. It would be pretty sick if they could understand the gravity of the situation, understand that we have a podcast we're trying to do. That's yeah. a little hard to come and in grow. here and you're like, hey, Joey, what's your thoughts? And I'm supposed to be like the the ringleader of the circus over here and be like, Steve, hey, everything's and that's, fine. And that's literally it. You're supposed to be like, hey, oh, and then we just hey, keep saying I that. Love, and now uh, Brock Holt. I love everything that's going on right now. Uh, yeah. Tough, dude. Just a, just a, just a tough, tough, tough. That's my thought, dude. Tough. It's tough. Red Sox fall one to nothing on Thursday. Garrett Whitlock on the bump. One thing I want to get out of the way real quick, Joey. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do some super in-depth uh, series recap, by the way. That series sucked, but we will. We have some uh, specific topics we want to get to. One of them being, there's a lot of situations so far with folks on Twitter where I'm like, all right, guys, we get it. And the the pay Devers, the, you know, extend bogey. And it's like, gotcha. I think I already talked about that in the past episode. We hear you got gotcha, just same. Let's, can we watch the games, please? And the one this week that was kind of killing me is the Tanner Houck situation. We've known for two weeks he wasn't going to pitch in Toronto. <clears throat> Feel whatever way you want about the vaccine. Obviously, we're not going to dive into that because that's just all of the, you any sure? of that. You sure? You don't want to do a, uh, an hour I, long No, any of that about... talk is a nightmare. <laughs> But it's like, we know, you know, when, when things that you already know then get, like, rehashed, re-brought up, it's like, we already knew this. Yeah. Like, we already knew he wasn't going to pitch in Toronto. Oh, you know, everyone thinks they're all geniuses by being like, well, if he was pitching, then Whitlock could have come out of the— Yeah, I know. We all know. It's also- all right? Whitlock could have came in in the Tuesday game, and they probably don't lose. Diekman was terrible. Grooves won to Springer. Tie game, they lose in the 10th. We know. Yeah. All right. It's also, like, at what point has the pitching been the problem? You know what I mean? It's almost like you had this thing that was in your pocket. It The series didn't go well, and then yeah. you pulled it out of your pocket. And we're like, oh, hey, this thing is something I could be upset about. Like, bro, the, the offense <laughs> the offense got it's no hit last series. Like, basically did the same. Like, how many uh, hitless innings came about in this series. I don't have that number. That's a, a stat I wish I had in front of me. I'm I'm over the, the talk about it. Do I wish that Tanner Houck pitched? Yeah. Is it yeah. the reason that we just lost three in the six? Uh, no. <laughs> it ain't. In the six. Uh, speaking of the six, Joey, I kind of crunched some numbers here because I kept, by the sixth inning, I, I've just, we watched all these games, and you yep. look up at the score bug, 
which is what it's called, score bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those you know in the biz, that's what the nesting little bug is it's called, score bug. So looking up at it in the sixth inning, and I feel like I keep having deja vu, mm-hmm. where it's like the Sox either have a zero or a one every single time when it's the sixth inning next to their runs. Mm. And so I, I looked it up. The last six games, including Thursday's game, mm-hmm. entering the sixth inning, the Red Sox have had the following run totals. Okay. Zero, two, zero, one, one, zero. And it's just constantly the same story mm-hmm. every single night. The only one that they mm-hmm. had multiple runs was that Sunday game where those were the only runs they got the whole game in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Four hits. Remember, they doubled their hit total from all of Saturday's game in Tampa and that Sunday game. Mm-hmm. So the offense obviously has to get going. They understand that. In the Wednesday game, they tack, what, four runs on in the last couple of innings. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes it look like a bigger blowout than it really was. That game was close. All these games, for the most part, have been close. But mm-hmm. it's just tough to watch when it's constantly, you know, these low numbers. And the pit, the bullpen, Whitlock, the starters – they all have to constantly keep putting up zeros just to give the Sox lineup a chance. Yeah, I, I think I keep having the same feeling, uh, which is around inning four or five. I'm like, man, like this game is going to go like four hours. Like this is going to be a long one. And then I look at the clock and realize that's just not true whatsoever. Like, like it are is, we watching the same game? It's on pace for a two hour and 45 minute. <laughs> two. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like how? It, this game has been on for an hour. It it drags, and not because there's like long at bats and you know pitchers who take their time working. It's just emotionally debilitating when it's like three up, three down, three up, three down. Oh, did did Whitlock shove again? Oh, he struck out the side, and it's like um, get really stoked for for the top of the next inning. Like it it. It's emotionally draining when the it's deja vu, man. You nailed it. It's the same thing kind of on a loop. Uh, minus game three. Game three was fun. I had a good time that watching. That was their, their best overall game of the year. Yeah, I mean, between the, obviously on the field, but then off the field too. I mean, like the, the broadcast itself, Eck was in, in rare form. He was rubbing off on OB a little bit. It felt like I know. they were having a good time. Talking about failed marriages, that was incredible. I was howling, dude. When, when Eck... <laughs> first dropped the like uh, i don't think she's i don't think that marriage ended up taken <laughs> but uh. by the by the way on that one real quick uh. it's funny because i know in an alternate universe dennis eckersley could go he could dive even deeper i oh, know yeah. he's got way more stuff in the arsenal that he does not use because he understands he's on tv <laughs> but when he ever mentioned Catherine Tappen. My, I kind of perked up a little bit because I'm like, I bet he's going to say something else here that's going to be, like, hilarious. Like, I, you could just feel he has a certain tone. It's this Eckersley's, one. It's the wait a uh, sec. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I think I saw Catherine Tapp in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she was getting married. That's right. It's been so long. I don't think they're together anymore, but it's been so <laughs> long. And, I'm like, and yeah. Dave just keeps calling the game, and he's like, wait a second. What, the 2-1. What, what was that? Yeah, yeah and the then when he circled back Failed to marriage. It, when he circles back to it, and he's like, hey, my first one didn't take either. And then my second yeah, one didn't my second either. one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, Eckersley's so a gem. He's awesome. And I'm always thankful that he's calling the games. Um, but, no, that was, that was incredible. You know, the bats were – Kind of doing what they've done in in limited situations this season, yeah. where they're moving guys around, kind of small balling it. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of times it just abruptly ends. That didn't happen on Wednesday, so luckily they get the seven to one win. It was the first game Cora was back. Xander uh, a very had important his, thing. And I, yeah, Xander had the four for four, mm-hmm. hitting three ninety seven, still hitting three ninety seven heading into this Baltimore series because he had Thursday off. But one thing, Joey, and I'm glad Eck mentioned it because I, I was noticing it too. Cora had this look on his face of like, all right, like dad is home, enough is enough. Like he had this like demeanor about him mm-hmm. that I would equate to a quote he had against the Blue Jays last week when he used Whitlock as a closer, where he was like, felt like a playoff game, felt like we needed it. His demeanor in the dugout in game three of this Jays series was, we need it. Mm-hmm. I've been gone for like a week and enough is enough. You know, the four game winning streak was going to end. It did end. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, Thursday, you know, it's it's a different story. Alec Manoa, and, and when I say I hate Alec Manoa, I'm sure he's a decent dude. I'm not sure. I don't know. I was going to say, you're not sure of that at all, dude. You've I just wanted to say him. that to kind of put put it on a pillow there. No, but like, don't, no man, stand strong. I hate Alec Manoa. There you go. Um, and I, and I, I realized why, Joey. I hated uh, Marcus Stroman for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think people had it all wrong. They were like, oh, what, because he like, has dominated against your team before? It's like, no, I... I think I have a process to get me to the point where I hate you as a player. And here are a Let's couple of the Let's things, Joey. Pitchers that are extra on the mound. When you're just doing too much, mm-hmm. I don't like you. Who's the first guy that Pitcher- comes to mind when you say that? Marcus Stroman. Luis Garcia Pitchers come to they- mind? What's that? Luis Garcia come to mind? He's the first guy that I think of. Dude, the, the, That's fair, the too. baby cradle. Pitchers yeah. that carry themselves like they're all that. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. Alec Manoa acts like he's... You know, hot bleep, Joey. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Looking and acting like a bully. I don't like that. This guy's got the bully thing all over him. I know we talked about it. But he also, and I've seen him in the dugout before. He's the guy that chirps a lot. Anytime anything's close, he's always barking. He's got that, again, he's got that high school baseball player bully look to him. Don't mm-hmm. like that at all. And also, I always need one guy that I hate. Hate is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you hate me, I got no problem with that. At least have some logic, but I got no problem with that. And I, I hate Alec Manoa. Now that Strowman's in the NL, he's with the Cubs. I love Wrigley. I have loved watching the Cubs over the years. I, I'm letting that hate go. We had an interaction on Twitter last year. Seemed to patch it up. And uh, and so, Strowman, you 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 be free, my friend. You you go you go try fly to thrive. And, yeah, you fly high. You thrive in Wrigley. I got a new guy, and his name's Alec Manoa, and I hate his guts. Man, I uh, I think he nailed the bully thing because I, I couldn't get that out of my head when I was looking at him. Um, he definitely looks like a guy who you can just imagine like throwing a punch at you while his friends are holding you, like, holding your arms back. Uh, not that he's, I wasn't bullied. He's got the similar. I wasn't bullied. No, but I, <laughs> I, like, not that, not that no. I know. That's um, cool, man. He, he's, I, Stroman's done this before. Stroman's mm-hmm. been a big time hold me back guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and like benches clearing situations where it's like, ooh, and he makes sure the catcher's in front of him with all the gear on and everything. Mm-hmm. I could see Manoa being the same where it's like, you don't actually, you're not about it. You're not actually going to get suspended, mm-hmm. but you want to be the tough guy and you want the fans in Toronto, which a lot of them can be about as obnoxious as it gets. You want them to be like, this is our guy. He rides for the six. Look, his number's the six. I Another thing, lo, low number pitchers, it I don't like wrong. it. Yeah. It looks wrong. They get that out of here. So add that to the hate list. Mm-hmm. Alec Manoa, I don't like you at all, and I hope he gets lit up every start <laughs> moving forward. It's not going to happen because his stuff's filthy. Yeah, no. That's what sucks. He's got filthy stuff. Yeah, you keep picking good pitchers to hate. 
You know, well, that's part of it. If you suck, I mean, it's hard to hate a guy that's getting lit up. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm saying for the opposing team. See, there's like, this guy. You there's this guy who plays in runs? the Bronx. Um, his name is uh, I never remember his name, but he's people. People think yeah. he's pretty good. He's actually he sucks and he gets lit up a lot, and it's, he's really easy to hate. He, he's an easy one as well. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, overall takeaways. We're not going to do game by game here. No. Sox lose. I mean, we'll do. Well, I, as I say that, we will go game by game. Sox lose <laughs> okay. game one, six to two. Um, uh-huh. Kind of had that vibe of when it's going bad, it's really going bad. They they tie it up in the eighth, and then sure enough, you know, Bob's got to have that man. That's that play by your boy Stromboli gets it right to him. He drops it. Everything. And don't that you know too? Sucks. Right after that happens, mm-hmm. like their lead's going to be gone, and or the tie is going to be gone in two seconds. You knew that. Yeah. Yeah, writing writing on the wall. It's a lot of deja vu going on across, like just across. Like I'm even looking at my own notes from this series. It's like, wait, oh, that that happened in game three, and then I look up, I'm like, oh, it happened in game one too. You know, it's like there's a couple of story defensive plays that we could talk about in this series. There's a couple of Bob yeah, defensive ser- defensive plays. Tough feeds. Bob offensive struggles continue. Like it's a lot of the same things, but that was one that definitely hurt more than the other uh, deja vu moments because that's one that you don't necessarily expect. There are some things that some shortcomings you're willing to accept, you know, like we've all kind of talked about, you know, Jackie comes to the plate. You're not like, Oh, you know, here here comes comes a bomb, bomb, you know, (laughs) you hope for the best, but you, you have realistic expectations. Bob getting a flip from four feet away. You're not expecting like, uh, 50-50 shot that he holds on to this one. You know, it makes it just makes it hurt more. Um Yeah. No, that that, that part was tough. Yeah. I think Bob overall the glove has been pretty good. He's been picking a lot of stuff. Raffy's given him some tough throws. I, I know Devers' glove has been better than expected so far. But uh yeah, with Bobby being a real, real minus at the plate, you just can't be dropping that ball at first. He knows that. We've talked about it before that we all want Bob to do well, and so it hurts more when he is not performing well at all. Uh, really a negative for the Sox uh, all season long. So you, you want to see him get going. I had tweeted out a Cassis picture today just because I'm like, why not? It, yeah, it gets the people was... going. So it's like, do I think he's going to be called up really soon? No, but it's – I mean, these games are – some of these are so – most of them are so boring Yeah, because yeah, nothing's yeah. going on. It's just K, fly out, ground out, and it's like I want to – ram my head into a wall and so instead let's tweet out a picture of Cassis. <laughs> I thought that was pretty bold of you. I didn't think uh, I didn't take you for a call up Cassis guy yet. Especially no, when it, it like wasn't... it should be mentioned for to all the people who are saying that cuz I think you kind of said it tongue in cheek with like oh my god like let's just change something this is frustrating. Yeah, yeah. That so was the people more who are actually yeah. saying call up Tristan Cassis, dude, he's hitting 240 in Worcester. Yeah. He's He's we, not hey, coming up. We see up. the bombs. Yeah, you, yeah he the hits bombs. bombs every now and then. He has a high OPS. Like, when he hits the ball, he hits yeah. it hard. He hits it far. But he's hitting 240, dude. It's not like <laughs> it's not like a couple years ago, like, like Vladdy was in the minors. Like, he was in Buffalo. And he was hitting 430 in Buffalo. And everyone was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Get him up here. Yeah. It's not that. He's hitting 240. So, like, take a breath. I understand first base is what it is right now. Travis Shaw is what he is right now. But like, He's hitting zero. He's, that 240 is better than that. I think he, is he 0 for 20 now? Is he have 20? He doesn't have any hit. He's got no hits. Yeah, I think he came in today 0 for 17. We have, Joey, we have as many hits as Travis Shaw this season. 
Uh, I hit the cages the other day. I was looking all right. I don't know if we want to count we that. We have as many major league hits okay. as right. Travis okay. Shaw this season. Um, but no, I mean, you know, drop game one, the the Grand Slam by Bo Bichette. I'm not going to say I knew a Grand Slam was coming there, but it just kind of felt like at least the bases clearing double with him <laughs> flipping out at second and the hair going everywhere was going to happen. Sure mm-hmm. enough. Boba Shett, by the way, he's close to my list of like I'm not a he. He everything needs to be too cool. He is just too cool for everything. He's, he's got to make man. the throws look cool. He tries. He's try- I, I like when guys are like I, I love Tatis because mm. he's naturally cool. That's the thing. Boba Shett is trying to be cool, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. I really just don't like the Jays at all. He has highlights in his hair, bro. Do you even notice that? He, I did. He notice got that. them Socks. this year. <laughs> too much. Too much. Yeah, Boba Shett is is Mister. Mr. Doing too much um, by trying by not doing a lot. If that makes any, you, you're trying to be cool. You're trying to be too cool, Bo. Like he gives a damn. I, but still, it, it's it's so noticeable. You're not slick. He's good at baseball though. He is, but he's not. He, he thinks he's slick. He's not. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox after that first game hitting 183 with runners in scoring position. They are now homerless in their last six games. My boy Jamai tells me Jamai Webster. Mm-hmm. Incredible sideline reporter, and some saying the best interview in this show's history until Brock Holt comes up in about five minutes. Jemai Webster telling me it is the longest homerless streak for the Red Sox since 2001. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Byunyun Kim was on the team, I think. (laughs) That might might have been right around the BK Kim era. Dante Bichette was on the Sox in 01. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, the 2001. Bo's dad was on the Red Sox the last time they went this long without a homer. That's cool. 2001 Red Sox were some of my like formative years as a fan. You had Scott Hatterberg, Brian Daubach. I love Daubach. Jose Offerman. Shea Hillenbrand was one of my favorites. Troy O'Leary. I want to get Troy on this show. Carl Everett, Trot Nixon, obviously Manny. Um, I mean, what a what a team! Yeah. Veritech was Dante yeah, not on the Maloney. 01 Sox? Uh, Dante Bichette. I don't know if he, yeah, he, no, he was, he, yeah, was. he was, he was on the 01 Sox. Doug, yet, uh, obviously, Nomar, John Valentin, Izzy Alcantara got some games. Izzy Alcantara, 14 games on the 01 Sox. It's funny that we're Hideo going Nomo. through going through this roster. Like, man, I love all these guys, but also the reason they came up is that they were the last team to have a gold streak this long. <laughs> I know. Uh, basically a week of no homers. Yeah. Which is kind of stunning considering the guys that are on this list. Yeah. There's a lot of home run hitters on here. I mean, honestly, you, got, you know, 20 years from now, you look at this roster and you're like, you know, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Trevor Story, J.D. Martinez, Kike Hernandez. I know. We're going to say the same thing. Like how... No, I know, and they'll they'll get going, but it's just it's hard to continue to say the bats will get going when they suck this bad. That's, okay, well, that's the real. Let's tough dive part. into the theory then um, that it's not the bats. I know, it's the boss. No, I know. Save that real quick. Okay. We're, that okay. that's the last thing we're doing before Brock. Okay, and we're we're almost there, Joey. Trust me. Um, real quick with game two, Sox fall six to five. We all know what happened in the ninth inning. Deekman, very accountable. He actually in the post game presser was given off this vibe of like. I wouldn't want to ask him a question. <laughs> he, he was right. he had this look of like, I know I sucked in the ninth. Like, can you stop asking the same question a million times? Um, you just can't be. I mean, you're, we're just throwing fastball, fastball, fastball to Springer. And that's exactly what he's sitting on. Gets the 2-1 count and completely rips one. Starting off with back-to-back doubles kills you. His control's all over the place. I really don't think he knows where the ball's going. So ninth inning was terrible. 
And you really knew, let's be honest, when Springer hit the homer to tie it, you knew they were going to lose. Oh, yeah. They weren't going to, like, hit, have three runs in the top of the 10th. So Dude, it's, that, it's hard that to find tough. any confidence. Being up 7-1 to one in the ninth, I was like, it's not over. I'm going to watch the ninth through here. It, there's no confidence being inspired quite yet. No, no, there isn't. I think Nick Pavetta, that was a bright spot. I mean, he had four walks, but considering how the season had gone, went into the game with the 10 ERA, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Pavetta pitches like everyone is against him, and I love that. Like, yeah. he's the ump hates him. The fans hate him. Like, the other players don't like him. At least that's how he carries himself. I was going to say, that's, and, I don't know. How tr- it's like he's telling himself that. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's telling himself, like, everyone in this park thinks I'm garbage, mm-hmm. and I am going to show them and i'm gonna show them right now that's kind of how he, he goes about pitching uh which is a lot less intimidating when you have a 10 era but uh, i would say a good start against the jays which is of course a filthy lineup so that yeah. carried some weight there he was getting squeezed um, a little bit man he he like he throws this curve that like dips into the zone you know this the umps high give curve. up on it yeah they they absolutely do it's like he threw the pitch like enough times where it was it felt like he was given the wide eye like hey i've given you enough shots to realize that this is catching plate at the end here that this is getting yeah. into the zone and uh just never got it and you could tell him that he was getting frustrated yeah and that, well that's honestly something that if i'm vasquez or if i'm cora probably mentioning and cora wasn't wasn't back for this one yet but i'm mentioning to the ump in the least intimidating way possible i'm like hey just don't give up on that curveball like that. Just so you know, that thing I'm throwing that for a strike. That's not like it's slipping out of my hand. Like that, there's intent with that pitch. Right. So if that's at least set in between innings, then it would give you more chances to get a strike. And later in the start, he did get that as a strike. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Maybe that did happen that they told the ump. But yeah, I I brought the Reese's out, Joey, and I I didn't want to have to do it that early, but brought the Reese's out. The Red Sox immediately put some runs on the board, mm-hmm. take that five to two lead. And it's just unfortunate, you know, after that, you got biggest A.B. of the year for Trevor Story. It almost goes out. Someone almost won a, a free tall can of Pringles of their and choice. And a half. And a half. I said I would contribute. Yes, a, a can and a half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm telling you, these baseballs. Anyway, game three, uh, as we mentioned briefly. If I could just, what's, what, if I may. Yeah, yeah, Broker, what do you got? Will Crook on that game. Uh-uh. This was the game, in case you guys weren't on our Instagram Live, in case you weren't one of the 35 people that was on our six-minute-long live. Consistently. It was good. It was yeah. good. Um, in case you weren't one of those folks, I had to leave uh, during the seventh and then stop listening during the eighth inning of that game. So You're making it seem like you were taken out of your house. You went to the movies on a Jay's whoa, Red Sox night, whoa, Joey. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> You say, I had to leave. I, well, you you didn't have to go to, to the, the movies. movies. Is that how you were going to put it? <laughs> I had you're, the, uh, you're saying I had to leave like someone dragged you out of your, your place. Listen, Steve, I paid $9 yeah. for that ticket. You think I was going to be late for that movie? Okay. Okay, thank you. That's... I have a little understanding here. Uh, so, I, so I had to go. And uh, yeah, the last thing I heard on the radio was uh, the, the story hit. I was like, hell yeah. Got the notification. Five to two. Said, let's go, boys. Went into the movies. I don't know if you know this about movie theaters, Steve. They're usually concrete, so no service. Yeah. It wasn't until I yeah. stepped outside that I bring, 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 bring. Blue Jays win. <laughs> it's absolutely it fast, crazy, man. dude. Absolutely bonkers. But uh, yeah, it happened fast. Yeah. I mean, I was. I'm again. I'm. I'm always glad with how Xander handles the media and the post game pressers. He's always available. 
He's accountable. He doesn't just like, you know, drop his head and go, you know, well, we lost. You know, it is. We'll get him tomorrow. Like he actually gives you something and he stands up for his teammates. And naturally, I realize now anytime I tweet about Xander, it's just going to be up. Oh, well, he'll be gone anyway. Oh, well, too bad. They don't care about him. Like I you guys are killing me with all this. But um, yeah, it's tough. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I I love how accountable Xander is, even when he's not wide. The reason they're losing, yeah. this guy's hitting four hundred, yeah, and the he's still up there saying we have to be better. We got to figure this out. Like I respect the hell out of that. He did uh, something like we mentioned Red Sox. What's up? He did something very cool early in Game Three that kind of showed more of that captain stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about here? What, what, you, what what's up? What are you saying? Bogey fouled one off his shin in Game Three. And then he was, he was yeah scored from first yeah and then scored from first immediately after it because I mean who knows you know how much offense you're going to generate and whatever it's the first inning that's that's some real captain stuff right there that you oh know. big time yeah that that plays into it as well mm-hmm. I mean he's always accountable on and off the field mm-hmm. Sox win game three seven to one they are the only team in Major League Baseball without a hit with the bases loaded oh my which is just awesome and. On barreled balls, this was, uh, I think we're going to have a new segment, our favorite Red Sox stats tweet of the week. Mine was his barreled balls Red Sox ranking for batting average on barreled baseballs. Red Sox are dead last in batting average and slugging on balls that they hit on the damn screws, Joey. That part's tough. So that will lean into your, I'm sure the people that said Erod had a great season last year would love this one. Because it's the bad luck stat. So that at least gives you a little something if you're expecting the Sox to turn it yeah, around, well, this which is, this is the, we are. This is the way you're supposed to use the luck stats is, you know, three weeks into the season just to, to get a little bit of uh, a, a sense of relief. S- spice, a little sprinkle, a little something. Yeah. Not like the reason, but a little something. Yeah, just to understand that, hey, like they're doing the right things. It's just some balls are falling one way or the other. Not to look back at the end of the season and go, hey, it was actually good. You know yeah. what I mean? But I don't no, know. Th- yeah, those are, those are completely different. I know we mentioned it earlier, the Red Sox pitchers, for the most part, they're holding their own. Michael Waka looks incredible out of the gate. Obviously, long way to go, as there is with this Red Sox lineup as well. But Walk has been great. Red Sox starters heading into Thursday had a 2.87 ERA in their previous 12 games. They have not been the reason for the recent struggles. Uh, one thing I noticed from this game, this guy in the Jays, A-Rod used to do this all the time. I love when dudes strike out and then ask the ump if it was a strike or not. You missed the ball, like on the swing and miss. Oh, <laughs> You you missed it. You missed it. That's a strike. Yeah. You swung at it and didn't hit it. Doesn't matter if it was in the zone or not, you dope. That was a strike. You're out. Yeah. Sit down. I, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that at all. Uh, that that sure is silly. I'll say that. Um, I did want to say this about Waka. Currently leading the team in war. Has a 1.0 win above replacement. Love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So most valuable Red Sox right now is... Michael Waka. Crazy stuff. It's got to be. It's got to be. That gets us back to the game on Thursday. Sox fall one to nothing. Umpire there, Larry, what's his name? Guy, I think Eck, per usual, was right on it. He said, Larry's guessing back there. So true. He was guessing. There are so many calls 
kind of on the edge, mm -hmm. completely off the plate. The Whitlock one, I understand Vasquez sets up inside and then it goes back over the middle. You just can't miss these. Like no. the ones that catch that much plate, if the unless the catcher's literally standing up in front of you, which has happened a couple times, mm. you just can't miss that. Like, and, and credit to Vasquez for not like flipping out because he knows he's got this <laughs> ump the rest of the game. He can't just be like, "You suck." But the, it was noticeable today, man. I, I got to say, as a fan, it's so obnoxious when you're sitting on the couch watching these games. I mean, it's obviously way worse for the pitchers, but and you know, great, this guy. He's guessing. Yeah. Now we're going to have a zone today that is completely inconsistent, and it just sucks for the viewing experience. And Vasquez didn't freak out, but what he did do was almost cooler. He did the slow turn over his shoulder. Yeah. He did like the, like, oh, what pitch did Are you, you sure? just see? Because you said you said the pitch caught that much plate. It caught only plate. It was, it was right plate. down the middle. And it doesn't matter that he Full missed his plate. spot. The the yeah. book says, you know, over the plate. And it was it was, you know, right down Main Street. The the yeah. look Vasquez gave was, was so great and the turn it was comedic timing. It was it was great. But yeah, no, I mean it, the umpiring this year, I mean, there's obviously a whole discussion going on right now about robo umps, blah, blah, blah. But uh the umps aren't doing themselves any favors, I'll tell you that. Kind it of is it is very true. But yeah, Red Sox uh dropped three out of four. We have one main topic to get to here before Brock Holt, but um you know, the margin of error is very thin, Joey, and this team has now lost five games by one run this season. They've lost seven by one or two runs this season, and it's still April. So you would assume that turns itself around, but you don't want to be the opposite of the Mariners last year. They won a bunch of close games. You don't want to be the team that's losing a bunch of close games. Right. You got to flip the script. You got to be the reason why the trend changes. And obviously, the topic we want to get to here, the balls are, are so dead. They're so dead, and it's, like, so obvious. Everyone knows it. We all know it. There's still time. We can fix this. Like, it's not warm yet. Yeah. We can—don't just bank on it getting warm and everything's going to fix itself. Fix the balls because it's so noticeable that these guys are hitting homers off the bat, and they're all dying. And it's telling how transparent— like members of the media are being about it you yes. know what i mean like we're not even doing like i i think and i i consider us a we are obviously a branch of the media yeah i think us reporters fans we don't even feel the need i i'm speaking for myself here i don't even feel the feel the need to like code it in the tweet this mm -hmm. is we're we're currently living in the dead ball era yeah and it's just a fact there's no like oh maybe it's not look at and and i, I remember feeling it at the trop a little bit i'm like wasn't that ball should have been gone? How is that short of the warning track? And I always trust your baseball instincts. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. Like we've watched so many of these games over the years. Trust what you're seeing because if it feels wrong, it is wrong. And right now, these balls dying even short of the warning track feels very wrong, and it's a pain in the ass to watch. It's got to be tough to be a play-by-play -play guy right now. I, know. I almost understand the John Sterling, not entirely because like he, it was caught, but you know what no. I mean. Off the bat, like you said, those guys have watched hundreds and hundreds of games. So they know that sound. They know that launch angle. They know how fast it's going. Like To get all excited and then have to call it caught and left, and that's going to bring us to the middle of the third inning, is, uh, is, a, is a total bummer. That's, that's got to be a really, really tough job to do right now. Um, but there's a couple different theories that are kind of floating around here. 
Everybody kind of keeps yeah. using the same two words. Uh, that the ball dead ball uh, dead ball. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, no, the two. I think that theory is spot on. The two. It almost feels like there's like two camps right now, right? And it's that the ball is softer, and it's that the seams are like the stitches are higher, like they're more, more raised off the ball. Those are the two things that I keep hearing. That like the the stitches being raised allow a better grip for the pitcher, and it is less aerodynamic. And then the softball just being that it's you know that it's soft that it's dying that it's a you know you're playing with a banana peel out there. Yeah, I, I think props to 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 Chris Bassett there for just saying in his post game uh, the balls suck mm-hmm. and that they're. I think the thing that the pitchers are saying the most often, and it normally takes one right a, a guy that's actually legit to say it for the other ones to be like, you know, I agree, <laughs> you know, right. so they can more players can start saying it. Because inconsistency, that, that's what I'm hearing a lot and, and what a lot of the players are implying, that the ball is extremely inconsistent, that they're using balls from last year and this year. Uh, you know, And I, I, the more I read into it, the more it blew my mind of like, it was because some of the production was delayed due to COVID and all that. And it's like, hate to say it, but this is the ultimate figure it out situation. Oh, yeah. Like The baseball is the core of the game. It's the damn ball. The guy throws the ball. You hit the ball. You run around the bases. They named the game Base after it. Ball. Mm-hmm. And if the ball sucks, you're not going to be able to run around the bases. Why is it so? O- figure it why out. Why is it only baseball team? Why is it never like, you know, Trey Young is like, basketball suck this year. I just oh remember I don't know if you remember I think this was a while ago I'm talking out of my they ass tra- I don't watch the NBA so maybe this is a thing that happens every Joey, year <laughs> no this happened a while ago okay. this happened back in like God maybe 2010 or something mm. they tried a different leather for the basketball mm. like Peta came in and said like use this non animal leather I don't know yeah. And the players hated it, and they immediately went back to the other basketball like two weeks later. Mm. NBA is pretty quick to be like, oh, everybody thinks it sucks. All right, let's fix it. Like yeah. MLB, they've they've tweaked some things, right? You know, you got pitch calm, which seems to be working well, unless it's a really loud stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it's noticeable with Evaldi, by the way. He was cruising, man. Mm-hmm. He was cruising with pitch oh, calm. Yeah. So I just – it's so obvious that the balls suck, and it's directly impacting the games. One of the biggest giveaways is the immediate second you see the outfielder when the camera switches to him, they're, like, flying back towards the wall, and then they all immediately stop. They're like, oh, oh, wait, no, we're good. Like, oh, that it's, thing's dying. Not- it's dying. Yeah, yeah it's dying. Yeah. We're- they see it die in real time and just fall right to their glove. So it makes the it, – it, it sucks. It, I, I haven't been this upset about a baseball thing in a long time. It's like it's right in front of you. I know, dude. It's impacting the game. It's making it worse. Like, fix the balls. And it would sound conspiratorial if it wasn't something that's like been basically confirmed before. You know that there was. I know. I know that, that if there's that there's a direct like peak that oh the balls are getting hit now they're not getting hit. It's not some new theory. It it says something about that how many people. Let me try that sentence again. It says something. How many people are believing the theory? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That like all all that really has to be said is like, hey, these are obviously different balls. And fans, players, Everybody whoever agrees. goes, yeah, yeah, it appears <laughs> so. Looks like you're right. I, I haven't seen many people on the other side like, uh, no, they're not. Right? Like they are. Yeah. They just are. They just so are. It's, 
And yeah. and uh, I'd like if we change that back, please. I would as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a that's about. Manoa threw it Story's head in game one or uh, in the, for his first inning, and Eck blamed it on the ball. Uh, but I'd some like, of these guys are. I mean, hey, the lack of a, a sticky substance. That you know, too, that too. not saying spider tack. It's just like if they could give these guys some universal thing they can use to have a better grip. That would make a lot of sense too. So instead of that, we've gone to a completely naked baseball, and it stinks. Yeah, it's like stinky Jabba balls. the Hut naked. I'll All say, right? it, dude. That's how bad it we've is. We've got some stinky balls. We have stinky balls. Yep. Put that on a. Court That'll cart. do it for the <laughs> series recap. Uh, again, Sox drop three out of four in the six. They head to Baltimore. We'll have our series recap later. But Joey, this could be. This could be. The greatest interview in Inside the Monster history. It is my friend. It is your friend. It is our friend, Brock Holt. And it's coming up next. Alrighty, folks. We are here with none other than Brock Holt. First off, Brock, I'm just going to lead off with this. It feels wrong when you're not affiliated with the Red Sox. Anytime you've been doing like Rangers, Braves, Brewers, I think it's stupid. And we have to find a way for you just to be permanently affiliated with the Red Sox. Your thoughts? Well, I I, I love that you threw Braves in there. Um, because <laughs> well, didn't you many, hit like 500? Not, what was your average? I mean, I'm, it, yeah, I mean, it was close to 500. Uh, I mean, the the statistically statistically the best hitter to ever play for the Braves. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree. I mean, it feel, it does feel weird. Like obviously been away from the Sox for a while, but I mean, always, I mean, I, I love, the, I love the Sox. Um, you know, so, um, you know, we'll see what happens with, uh, with my, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm sitting here at home, and the baseball season is what 20, 20 games deep. So uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, I'm always going to root for the Sox. It was a special time in my life, and um, family loves it up there. And uh, great organization, great people. And um, you know, if uh, if I can help out however I can, I'll uh, I'll do it for sure. Absolutely. And hey, if that if that does or doesn't happen, we do know that Griff is going to play for the Red Sox. How is he looking right now and when can we expect him at least in Worcester? He is he he's he's getting stronger and stronger. Um obviously, it's good. uh he uh yeah, he's playing for the Brentwood Diamondbacks right now. Okay. Um he he did get the game ball the other day. Um played played pitcher, made a lot of good plays. Um leading the the league in exit below. Um, for the, for, I guess they're for the five five year old five year old league. Um, mm-hmm. Played well, um, and he loves it, um, and we're having a good time. That's 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 probably the the best thing about not really having a job right now is is I'm, I'm getting to go to all of his games and watch him, and um, it's a blast getting to getting to watch him do that and um, just be around the boys and. During this time where I'm I'm not really home a lot, I get to be home all the time, which is uh, which is pretty special. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the Instagram video of him uh, the other day that was that was great. I've I've missed the the Griff videos. 
Uh, I got a little guy who's almost two. Uh, he's only swung a bat a handful of times. But I remember Griff at two was hitting bombs with you all the time. So my question is, uh, is it too late? Did I miss the window? It's it's not. It's uh, no. I hope it's not because we've got Ripken who's who's he'll be two in September and he mm-hmm. he he's not he's not swinging a bat like Griff was whenever he was whenever Griff was that age. Uh, Ripken's more into just like running around the backyard, getting in the the battery powered jeep and 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 cru- cruising <laughs> oh, the awesome. cruising the backyard. So, um, but uh, he's he's starting to pick up bats and ball and balls and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I was telling Lakin the other day. I'm like, man, like Ripken. He's not as good as Griff was, you know. Griff was <laughs> Griff was hitting balls off the tee. I was flipping to him, and he was, you know, he was line driving me in the stomach and stuff, like in the in the attic. But um, Griff took to it from an from an early age. But I, th- I think you still have time. If he's not two yet, I think there's still time. Right, so the man, the stuff that you were posting of Griff, I assume there were no outtakes, right? It was just all bombs constantly. Yeah, right? I, I I would literally turn my phone on hit play and whatever happened happened you know there was no I, I didn't edit any videos i didn't i didn't he never swung and missed you know stuff like that so um no i remember times where i would have the the camera set up and 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 we'd be going for about 10 you know 10 minute long videos and i'd have to go in and okay i gotta find i gotta find the one that, that he, <laughs> i remember he hit he hit one really good i gotta go back and find it and we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll post it to social media so people think we're we're way cooler than we really are, you know. No, of course. That's, and, that's and, the point. That's the point of social media, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. the 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 point yeah. is like we're all the coolest, and everyone else is not as cool because we're cooler than you. Yep. That's, yeah. That's that's what we did. Wait, if you're going by that logic, by the way, now your IG makes a lot more sense because in terms of you know, I'll see some of these players post stuff that's really not that cool. Brock posts some cool stuff. It's like, hey, here's my kid hitting a bomb. Here's like a a signed jersey of like the 2016 Red Sox. Like you you do cool stuff on Instagram. Is that the goal? Yeah, I think so. I think the goal of of, of any social media uh, influencer like myself is to you know make yourself seem a lot cooler than you really are, and see how many likes you can get on that yeah that Instagram post. You know, so um, that's what we go for. We go for likes and and. Uh, so some posts do better than others. We'll, we'll say that. No, that's but at fair. the end of the day. It's about those likes. That's it is. really all. Really, yeah. And, and that was the case with the flow bros. I, I was going to get to that a little later, but um, I am curious of the birth of the flow bros. I just want to refresh my memory. You and Andrew Benintendi, where did that all kind of begin? Because if we're talking IG posts that would get a billion likes, you and Benny, when you guys were really having the Moscow in there, that was up there. Well, I mean, early on in our in our relationship, the anytime I posted a picture with Benny, like the likes skyrocketed. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just he, you know, he was the heartthrob. He was the young heartthrob in Boston at the time. And you know, he did have the speaking of him, dude, I'm, I'm wearing it. Look at this. How cool oh, look is at that? Oh, Andrew An- Andrew Benintendi hoodie right there. Got the hoodie, that's nice. Speaking of, speaking of flow bros, um <laughs> Yeah, man, I, and I would purposely post pictures with Andrew because they would get they would get more likes, and the the people loved him for some reason, and I don't know why because he never did anything or said anything to anyone. He just he was just a handsome guy, I guess, that was good at baseball. And uh, is that all it takes? That's what it is takes? It yeah, like, that's what it takes I, in this city. I, I think I think in Boston, if you're if you're a good looking guy and and you play good baseball, um, you know, I think that's really all it takes. But. <laughs> So I literally, man, I remember I posted one picture, like we went to, 
like BJ's brew house, uh, after, after spring training one day. And I just took a picture of him from across the table, you know, and I said, it was like, like day date or something. That's all my caption was. And just do 10,000 likes. Oh, millions of, not millions, but more than 10,000. 10, and I was like, Benny, dude, what is the, what is going on here, man? I was like, I need to post more pictures of you. I was getting followers. I was getting likes. Like, I was like, this is the key. Just have Benny in, have Benny in all your posts. I think I'm going to run with that strategy for, for the next like week or two. I'm just going to post Ben and Tendi on my IG. I guarantee, <laughs> yeah, I, guarantee I guarantee it. Your, your, your Instagram will, You'll you'll get more followers. You'll get more likes. All all of the above. I'm trying to find this now because I've I vaguely remember you posting this, and I think we talked about it before. And now it was a similar reaction of like, what are we doing here? Like, you probably had to recalibrate. All right, what's my whole social media approach? Because and I, if, it, yeah. if this is posting him, like, I'll just keep doing that. Easy, easy. Like, if I'm going to get more followers and, and stuff, like Benny, you're in all my picks. And I, I think I think a, a couple weeks later, I just posted. There it is. How many likes? <laughs> just a thumbs up. It got thirteen thousand seven hundred six yeah, likes. I, Hashtag I, date night. It's just him with a thumbs up. He's got ketchup in front of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I had thirteen thousand likes. I think I had maybe two thousand followers. You know, so like somehow, somehow it was getting out there. Um, and I think later on, I just posted a picture with Benny. I said this picture is going to get so many likes, and it did. Like that was my caption, and it did get so many likes. You know. Oh, that was funny. I know you got the uh, you got the 2015 All Star jersey behind you. By the way, the whole the whole setup in Brock's basement is a one. It is incredible. He's got some of the coolest frame jerseys you're ever going to see. One of the cooler ones. It looks like you got the whole. Was it the AL team to sign your jersey? Yeah, yeah, right there. Um, so I got, and I don't know if everybody signed it because I think there was like a day where you just you know you put stuff on the table in the middle of the clubhouse and guys just went around and signed it. So I don't know if everybody signed it, but the majority of the team signed it. So that's kind of a cool, cool keepsake. Um, even though a lot of people don't think I should have been an all-star that year. Oh, please. <laughs> I, get that, I get still, that out of here. I, I still was. I was a real all-star. Look it up. You know? <laughs> Look it up. It was a real thing. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of that, though, what was your uh, top memory from that all-star game in Cincinnati? Um, I think, I, th- I think the fact that I called my, my at-bat two weeks prior to the game even happening, I'm like, you know what? I'm obviously not going to start the game. I'm going to come in late and we're playing in Cincy. Chapman's going to come in and close. I'm going to have to face Chapman. Sure enough, Brock Holt versus Aroldis Chapman. Just what everyone was my, waiting for. Yeah. Just blew my doors off. No, I had no chance of, of doing anything productive. And uh, it was cool, man. The whole, the whole experience is cool. You know, I get to have – Lakin and my family there and her family was there and um had a lot of people come up and um you know probably if i if i if i would have picked i probably would have picked a different location than cincinnati to uh to make the ulster team but yeah uh, we had a good t- we had a good time and um you know that's something that's something i'll have forever and and, and remember forever and uh, i think i caught the, i caught the last out i think of the game um where's that ball in, at I don't know. I don't know who I gave it to. I might have given it to um, the pitcher who 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 finished it. Not honestly, don't even remember who it was. But okay, um, I came in and pinch ran for Mike Trout. So um, got a stolen base off of Yachty. It was more of a dirt ball read, but count he goes down as a stolen base. Delayed steal uh, it counts. Yeah, um, 
this just a cool experience all in all, man. Just, you know, obviously never expected to to make an all-star team in the big leagues and I was able to do it and, you know, got some cool memories from from that weekend. So you you pinch running for Mike Trout. You obviously look at that as, you know, managers thinking this is an upgrade from Mike Trout, right? When you go in there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he I think that he he just got his third hit of the game. Um <laughs> And and we needed a little bit more offense um, yeah. in, in the in the later innings, so they put me in there for him, and it worked out. We won the game, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, you showed us a, a David Ortiz jersey there. He had a nice message for you. What's your favorite poppy memory from the times that you guys spent together in Boston? Oh man, there's so many. Um, you know, for me, I think it was just how good of a person teammate he was to everybody um for you know obviously how big of a persona he is in boston and um just how good he was to everybody in the clubhouse and um you know obviously the big hits and um you know the i I think his last year for me was getting to watch him put up the numbers that he did in his last season um while watching him also uh, try and get ready to play every day um, was pretty incredible. Um, I mean, that guy would get to the field early and he would be in the training room getting his ankles and his feet worked on just so he could play. And then he went out and got three hits. And I think he hit 40-something doubles that year. He hit over 300, like 30 homers. I mean, I think just watching him go through what he had to go to through to, to, to play every day and then to put up the numbers that he did was was pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is nuts. I, I think that 2016 season, the further we get away from it, it feels more like how did that actually happen? Like when you're looking at the numbers, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. I think he alluded to the fact that it was way harder to play than people thought it was because he's putting up great numbers. But I think he was saying like he could barely move. I don't know if I just made it was. That yeah, point. yeah. I know. I mean, it, and it, that was true. Like he was. I mean, he he was literally like he he was getting stuff worked on i think his feet it was his feet or his ankles or something was they weren't good and and he was he was getting treatment on them all all day just to 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 be able to go out and play and then he'd go out and i mean you you'd see him hit a ball off the monster and you'd be like oh man that's he's not getting second base on that and and he would i mean i think i I mean i want to say he led the league in doubles that year um but he was incredible man just teammate person player like i mean obviously first ballot hall of famer um but just so much fun like i i can look back and on my career at this point and just you know play with a lot of really good players and really really good dudes and he's 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 one of them so very fortunate to 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 be able to say that i i got to share the field with him the clubhouse with him for as long as i did led the majors and doubles 48 in 2016 48 doubles that is that is impressive. Ahead of Mookie, Rizzo, Freeman. That's that is impressive. Um, obviously, we got to talk 2018. That was a super fun season. I don't know if you remember. You were really cool on that team. Uh, World wanna, Series. Yeah, all the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm looking at some Brock Holt highlights last night, and something I stumbled upon was um, not that I forgot about this, but I almost almost forgot that this triggered the whole the whole fight. The Tyler Austin uh, spike in you uh, in the ankle. The more I watched it, the more frustrated I got uh, now four years later that yeah. that he thought that he didn't do something when he clearly did do something that you're somebody I don't remember you ever really getting pissed off ever. I know Joe West threw you out once on a on a crappy call. 
Um, and you, yeah, I think you were like, damn it. And then he just chucked you. I, he obviously yeah. had a quick trigger, but I look back at that play and it's like, that is a cheap slide. But for him to act all like, what are you talking about that you're upset is so obnoxious to me because he obviously had a cheap slide to you. What was that interaction like, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I think the interaction with me and him was pretty, you know, it was pretty quick. Um, I turned around and said something I probably shouldn't have said. And then he repeated what I said to him and, um, and that was it. And then the bench just cleared. Uh, but yeah, that whole thing was, you know, like as, as you know, after I, I don't, it was not a dirty slide. Like he wasn't coming in and trying to hurt me, you know, yeah. it was just, a, it was just a bad slide. Um, and it's one of those things where I was playing short at the time and I remember, I forget who it was. I think it was Tyler Wade who bunted down the down the third base line. And the, the, the dude flies. So I'm not trying to turn a double play there. He's I'm trying, trying to get him. one out. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm playing the I'm playing the second base like I'm a first baseman. I'm waiting for the throw to see where it takes me so I can stretch and, and get it and get the out. So the throw throw takes me, I I stretch and then I and my my right leg, which is not even close to the, you know. I'm stretching out like a first baseman. My right leg gets kicked back into left field, basically. Um, and you said ankle. It was more like upper calf, like spikes were up, you know? Yeah. And that's just something you don't do. You know, if, if you're going to slide into me, that's that's fine. But but keep your spikes down, you know? So I said something to him, and then, and then you know, he said it back. And, you know, bench is cleared. And, and, and that was it for the moment until Joe Kelly came in and, and, uh, and I guess, finished it. But, um but yeah, it was. Uh, Aaron Judge still doesn't talk to me to this day because of that. <laughs> he so, really does. Yeah, that's really a rival. Doesn't. Well, we always talk about that rivalry: Holt Judge, Holt yeah. Judge, Holt Judge, Holt Judge. Every time, every time I I play the Yankees and he gets on the base, I'm playing. I always ask him if he's still mad at me, and he never <laughs> he he never talks to me. So I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Where were you during the? I, I should just see this in the footage, but like, where were you during the brawl uh, later on? I was doing this in the back, like hey, hey, hey like every, like everybody else does, you know. <laughs> there, there was actually some punches thrown in that one, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just, I, I think I ended up like grabbing Tyler Austin and kind of pulling him back, which is ironic, but mm. um, that he didn't turn around and 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 throw a haymaker, you know. But um, I mean, I think I said that after the game, like, listen, I, I he wasn't trying to hurt me. It wasn't. It wasn't a dirty slide. Like he didn't do it on purpose, but it was just a bad slide. And yeah. Joe Kelly thought the mm -hmm. same thing and Joe Kelly drilled him. And, and then, you know, it is what it is, yeah. but it's funny. Yeah. He actually played, he played for the Brewers, I think a couple years later. And then, you know, obviously I played for the Brewers. So a bunch of guys on the team were asking me about it. And, um, uh, we talked about it and they were still there. They were boys with Tyler Austin. So I was like, let's send him a picture. So me and, uh, it was Ben Gamble. Ben Gamble was like, yeah, let's, let's send him a picture. So we took a selfie and we were, you know, I was flipping him off in the picture. And I think he was in Korea at the time and he sent one back of just him flipping me off. So, uh, I think we're over it. You know, I think me and Tyler Austin are boys now. I think that evens it out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, obviously we got to talk to cycle the 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 cooler cycle the 2015 was cool don't get me wrong but 2018 ALDS Yankees in the playoffs I know you had told us a story before about you know PD telling you to go for it but 
when did you realize in that game that it could happen? Was it and did it take until that last A B of like, oh wait, if I hit a bomb, I got the cycle? Yeah, it wasn't until till then. Like obviously I you know, I knew I had the you know, I hit the I think the double the, my third and the my third hit was the double. And it was in like the eighth inning, I think. Um and I wasn't thinking about anything anything of it. And then I was like, Oh shoot, I'm I'm up fourth in the ninth, you know? like i could do this and uh, you know obviously uh romine was on the mound so you know i started just chirping in the dugout to everybody like hey i need a cycle i need a home for the cycle get me up you know i'm fourth just messing around like i was like there's no chance i'm hitting a home run but like i'm gonna say i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna you know tell everybody i'm gonna i'm gonna try and uh yeah so that was that was funny because i'm i'm walking up in the dugout telling everybody hey watch this fourth up i need a home i need a homer for the cycle you know watch this and and just like had no, you know, my confidence that I was going to hit a home run was was not that high, um, but on the outside you you would probably have thought like oh, this, he's really going to do it you know he's 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 talking he's talking a big game right now you know, um, and obviously PD PD fires you up. he he'll fire you up regardless you know and 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 he fired me up and. Um, you know, I've I've told you this before. That's the, that's one of the coolest uh, coolest memories I have of 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 that was was hitting it and looking back in the dugout and seeing everybody go nuts. You know, because we everybody was talking about it right before. Um, you know, not expecting it to happen, and then then it happened. So, just mm-hmm. a cool just a cool thing that um, that I have that hopefully I'll always have and no one will ever do it again. So <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Well, so yeah. Babe Ruth calls a shot and you obviously called your shot. That's what you're saying. Basically. Yeah. Basically yeah. like I, there's, there's, there's been uh, probably one time where I've gone up to the plate thinking I want to hit a homer here and I'm going to try to do it. And I actually did it. Um, um, do you ever try to implement that strategy again? Like, um, I, I think there were times like there's, there's been times when I'm in the box and I'm seeing the mm. picture well, and I get in a good count and I'm like, Oh, I'm about to leave here. You know, I'm about to, this, I'm about to hit, hit this ball hard. And then I like ground out, ground out to second base, like a soft ground ball to second. I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't think like that anymore. Yeah. So, uh, so back to this basement, I, 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 I know we're talking to you know, 2018 postseason, but this basement. The whole point uh, of this you, interview is the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you posted it a couple of days ago uh, that you were watching the Sox in there. Uh, what are your initial impressions of this team? I mean, I think everybody kind of agrees that they're uh, off to a slow start. Maybe haven't caught the groove quite yet. Uh, but there seems to be a, a understanding across the fan base that that'll turn around. It's just a matter of time. Do you feel the same way? What are you seeing? What, do you, what are your thoughts on the team? Yeah, and I, mean, I haven't sat down and watched every inning of every game, um, uh, but I have. I've, I've, I've paid attention because I mean, I, I still, you know, I still root for the Sox and and, and watch them when I can. And um, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think if you look at their roster and their their, you know, especially offensively, like they have no, nobody's hitting right now. Um, you know, and as soon as one guy gets going, um, you know, they've they've got enough guys you know, in the lineup on the roster, you know, that can carry a team. Um, and once one guy gets going, you know, then, then another guy get going. And if you have three, three or four of those guys going at the same time, like they're going to score some runs. So um, I've never been one to panic too, too much about, um, about things like that. 
and you know, I've got confidence in them and, you know, with the staff that they've got and, um, the, the players that they've got with the, you know, with the experience that they have, I think they will be, I, I, I think I'm on board with the, um, with everything, the everything's going to be all right. I'm on the, everything's going to be all right train. Um, it's a tough division, obviously. Um, a lot of good teams. Toronto's going to be really good. Yankees are going to be really good. Um, you know, Tampa is always Tampa. And mm. I think the Orioles probably won't be that good. Um, but bold. It, it, I mean, it's it going to be very bold, actually. Yeah, very, very bold, very bold statement. But um, but I think the, the four teams are that they're going to battle mm. all year. And um, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think it's going to be I think it's going to be all right. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it there. Veteran presences, you know, leadership. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on a T for you here. Uh, <clears throat> anything you think they need to add anywhere you see that maybe maybe they can improve? Maybe like a, a utility guy you think they could use? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I know a guy, but I don't know that that would actually help. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I don't know that that would that would turn the turn the or move the needle too much. Um, you know, maybe if they could trade for a guy like Mike Trout or um, shoot even Byron Bucks and watching him play over the last, you know, however long that dude's an animal, you know, they could bring those two guys in. I think that would, that would help. Um, that would help. maybe once the Grom gets back from his shoulder, if they, if they could get him over that, that would, that would help too. Um, you know, I, I, I think they could make a lot of moves like that. That would, that would help. Um, but no, I think the stocks will be just fine. I think, um, I think with the guys that they have, the offense that they have, um, you know, hopefully Sale gets back, you know, sooner rather than later, um, and he'll help. So um, I've got faith. I think uh, you should just come back as a as a GM or an assistant GM because those ideas are perfect. They should just trade for Buxton. I, I'm thinking like some low level uh, prospects for Buxton. Yeah, I think if you I think if you get rid of some guys in the GCL. <laughs> Um, some of you, some of your better players in the GCL, send them over to Minnesota. Um, What's your trout proposal? You know what? I haven't really thought about it, but you know, I think I think we can make it happen. You know, all right. I you know I, I mean, I feel like being a GM is pretty easy. You just try, you just try and go get the the best players, and you know, and then you win. You know. <laughs> Awesome. See, Steve, I like that Brock mentioned you know? Trout, DeGrom, and Byron Buxton. You were like, whoa, whoa, how do we get Buxton? Yeah, I mean, Buxton, <laughs> I mean, Buxton's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, his, his, number, his numbers are a joke, man. Like, watching him, and he's he's turned it around, man. I, I like He was the number one prospect in baseball, and, and I used to watch him, and I'm like, how how is how is he the number one prospect in baseball? Like, his... He had so much going on in his swing, his movement. Now he's so simple and like just launching balls out of out of the stadium in Minnesota, and I mean hitting one hundred and one at his eyeballs for home runs. Like he's impressive, man. He's he's a lot of fun to watch, and um, there's a lot of guys like that in baseball now who just make it look so easy whenever it's not easy at all. Yeah, seems like a hard game, honestly, just watching on the couch. Uh, Alex Cora is a guy that the Red Sox miss a lot right now. Uh, he's obviously out with COVID. What is the difference for Cora uh, for you between other managers? Like, what was what was Alex Cora doing that maybe you hadn't seen before or that really just unified that club, especially in 2018? 
You know what? I think AC, I mean, obviously everyone says the communication, um, and that's the biggest thing. I think, I think nowadays, if you can communicate with your players and let them know what's going on, um, that helps, that helps guys prepare. It helps guys, you know, um, to know what their role is, to know when they're coming in, when they're playing, when they're not playing, like bench guys for me, it, it, it makes a huge difference of knowing like, Hey, you're playing second base tomorrow or you're playing third base on, you know, and he was so good about that. But like even the everyday guys like bogey played 160 games at shortstop, but it's like, Hey bogey, you're not playing tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So after the game, check out, you know, like come to the field later if you want to like, check out you got a day um you know even that's huge for for everyday guys but yeah i think he's so good at, at communicate communicating but he's also just he's just a, he knows so much about the game he can help he can help you in so many different um you know aspects whether you know whether it's base running whether it's um defense you know you know even offensively like he just he's a smart baseball guy you hear you hear it all the time like when Alex Cora was playing, like everybody knew he's going to be a manager. Um, and he just, he lets you be you, man. I think that's the biggest thing too. Like, you know, he lets, you know, he lets you have fun. It's loose. He keeps things loose. Um, and that's big, man. Like baseball's hard. And if you're, you know, if you're uptight about this or that, like you're not going to go out and be able to perform. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to, to feel comfortable, to feel, um, to feel like yourself and, um, you know, I think him coming into Boston was a uh, was a big change from from when we had when we had Farrell. Um, you know, obviously Farrell did did good things in Boston, but um, they're they're just to- two different personalities. And you know, I think I think players these days kind of lean more towards towards a guy like AC who's gonna you know who's gonna communicate to you and. And, and tell you what's going on. And even if you don't like it, man, there were times when he told me, you know, he, he called me in the office and said, Hey man, like I need you to be better, you know? And, and, you know, you, you respect that, you know, you want, you want people to be honest with you, um, whether it's good or bad. And, and he does that. And, um, you know, obviously I think that's part of the reason why he's been so successful, um, and going to continue to be successful. So, yeah, speaking of Farrell, you were on that 2013 team. I think a lot of people forget that. that you, you're double ringed up over there, um, triple if we count Lakin. So I, I honestly, I just want a story from 2013 if you got one. I know the vibe was extreme. It was unique to that year uh, with what happened with the marathon. And you were called up in July, I believe. Uh, weren't on the postseason roster, but doesn't matter. Still get the ring. That's the only point that you're playing. So what was your favorite memory from that team? You know what? I think it was just um, it was all the the veteran players on the team, man. They were they were all badasses. Um, like that whole team, it was. I mean, look back at the roster. Like you had Nat playing first, you had Dustin playing second, Stephen Drew, um, Bogey came up late um, and was playing third. Obviously, not a veteran at the time. I think he was sixteen. <laughs> um, you had Shane Victorino, Johnny Gomes, uh, Ellsbury. David Ross, um, John Lackey, Lester, Koji, David, David Ortiz. I, I mean, did that, that, that was a fun team to be, to be around. Um, and obviously I was, you know, I was a rookie at the time. So when I did get called up, I kept my mouth shut and didn't really say much. Um, 
but just getting to watch those guys, man, getting to watch those guys work, um, the way they went about their business. Um, they knew what they needed to do to, to prepare themselves. Um, they were all professionals. Um, they, I mean, they were winners, man. All of them are winners. And, you know, I think that, that kind of changed the, you know, changed the tide there. I think, you know, after the, the 12 season and, and, you know, you brought in the guys that they brought in, the veteran guys, the veteran leadership, everyone just meshed and, and, and got along. And, um, you know, I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time up that year. I think, you know, I had three or four big league stints, a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, I think for total like a month and a half, two months, maybe. And I didn't make the playoff roster, but and those guys treated me so good um, as a rookie and, and they didn't have to, you know, um, but just, I think just watching those guys play and work and um, just like, I mean, you just go over the roster and talk about the guys. And I mean, it's like, it, that's, that goes back to what I said earlier about just being so fortunate to, to be able to play with some of the people that I've gotten to play with. Like, I mean, I'll look back at that roster and I mean, full of them you know it's full of good just good dudes good baseball guys and and winners man and um lot lot of fun a lot of fun that team had a lot of fun um hung out with each other um dustin signed a an extension that year um and we were in toronto and dustin took the whole team out to dinner the whole team went like that um so uh just a cool group of guys man that you know that that ended up doing what 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 everyone's goal is you know going into the season is is to win and and they did and that that was fun to be a part of so not just from that team i guess from from any year who do you think had the weirdest walk-up song maybe like the least fitting me and steve have been really into that this year that sometimes a guy will come up and we're like i don't know if this song works on him i know you you rocked with country all, yeah, I, ha I had time, country yeah. for a while. I had country for a while. I did have, um, I did have Timber. I don't even know who sings it. Timber oh, by yeah, some yeah. Kesha or Kesha or something. Oh, one Kesha, time. yeah, Kesha. Yeah, yeah. Which it, it was a great song. It sounded great um, when I was coming up to bat. But I remember PV used to give me give me a hard time about that. He's like, dude, what are you walking out to? Like, you're from <laughs> you're from Texas. Like, you need some type of country music, you know? You walk uh, up, it's going down. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm yelling timber. Yeah, so I, I had that one for a while, and I don't know why I chose it. Um, Gets the people but then going. I, yeah, but, and then, you know, I don't know that anybody was, like, had a super weird, just, like, off the, you know, off the wall. Like, I think hey, timber might be it. Yeah. yeah. Timber 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 might be it. I, I did walk up to um I will always love you one at bat. Yeah, I was there. Uh, Whitney Houston. Were you there? Yeah. And for some reason, like like I still tell this story to this day. It was like we were getting our asses kicked by the Rays. <laughs> we were down by like six runs or something, and it was late in the game, and I come in, Bogey gets hurt, I think. And I come in, I'm like not expecting to play that day. I come in and I had told them a couple of days prior, I hadn't played in a couple of days. And I forgot that it was even my walk-up song. And I'm pinch hitting and, and I think I'm leading off an inning in like the seventh and we're down by like six runs, seven runs, like just playing terrible. And I come up now batting number 12, Brock Holt. And then they play it and I swear to God, they had the volume turned up as high as it would go. 
And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, man, this is not a good look. You know, like we're getting our asses kicked. Whitney Houston is, is, I mean, I, I, blaring, blaring, blaring. And every, like, nope, like the fans aren't into it. Like, it's just one of those games where everything is so quiet until Whitney Houston comes on. And I was, I was like, man, this is not a good look. Like, I, I'm, like, I shouldn't have done, like, I should have, like, changed my walk up song before the game. And we ended up coming back and winning the game. And I, in, after the game, I instantly told, told Tommy, our club, I was like, hey, we got to change my walk up song. Yeah, like, that's it on that. That'll I can't, good. that's, that's it. I can't have that anymore. Um, people loved it though. Like, I, I remember getting a lot of like compliments on it, but man, it was a, it was just a bad timing for the whole, the whole instance. Cause I mean, it was just a bad game. Bogey got hurt. We thought maybe he was hurt for uh, like the rest of the season, like broken ankle. And you got Brock so Holt. out of place. Yeah. You got Brock Holt coming in playing short stuff. Like, Oh, sh- oh shit. Like he's going to have to play short for us the rest of the year. Like this is not good. Like we're supposed to be good. Like we need bogey. Like we're losing by eight runs to the Rays in the seventh. And then, Boom! I will always love you. And it was like the part, the the part of the song where it it like hit. And, and yeah, and and they crank it up. And I, I remember it, it like gives me nightmares to this day thinking about it. And I'm in the box like that. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if the pitcher just drills me right now, you know. <laughs> and but we ended up coming back and winning the game. And and uh, yep, no, I, I never oh, used great. it again. That is funny. It's good to keep it for that moment. I I feel like it's a comeback and then it's a story. And then it's like, I can't be doing, especially because you probably have games where you got full ABs coming up, right? You got four, you're not going to be doing that for. Don't want, don't want that. Don't want that for four ABs. I love the song. Love the song. Big Whitney Houston fan. But um, I I switched to country after that and wrote it for the, for the rest of my career. Pretty much. I, uh, I had some good ones last year. I, I did, I did a little need to breathe. Um, big need to breathe fan i had garth um much too young to feel this damn old um which was perfect for last year because i felt still i mean i'm still young i was 30 33 um but everyone on the rangers was like 23 you know so um i've never been the the veteran on the team and i was um i think me and jordan lyles uh, Jordan Lyles was 30, but he had 10 years of service time. Uh, and then I was 33 and then Charlie Culberson, um, we were the only veterans on the team. So I used Garth Brooks much too young to feel this damn old, which was, which I thought was good. And, um, but I used Cody Johnson for years, dancer home. Um, and then I used, uh, uh, reckless Kelly ragged as the road. Uh, so I, I've always kind of been a country country guy. Absolutely. We've got one more for you and then some listener questions and we close with a trivia question. We ask everyone a trivia question about themselves on here. Uh, I messed the one up to Garrett Whitlock and I still think about it. Uh, Do you ever think about how selfish that 2018 team was because you guys celebrated everything on the road? You didn't celebrate with the fans in Boston. I thought it was pathetic and I was fully ready, especially now that Baseball Tavern's been knocked down. We were fully ready to have huge celebrations at Tavern, and you guys prevented that. Do you feel guilty about it? Uh, I don't at all, um, okay. because I think in, in the moment, you just want to you want to win. You don't want to keep it, you don't want to keep it going. You know, if you can if you can end it, you want to end it. Um, obviously, like 13, they won. 
you know, in Boston. I didn't get to be a part of that, but I was there whenever we, I think we clinched the division and we clinched it at home and we all went, yeah, we all went to the, to the baseball tavern, which was really cool. And obviously celebrating at home. I mean, you see the, you see the, the pictures of Mike Napoli walking shirtless through Boston, like, you know, that's iconic. Um, yeah. uh, obviously winning at home, everybody wants to do it. Um, but you know, it was kind of crazy how, how that worked out, how we, you know, how we won so many games on the road and, um, against really good teams. Um, you know, obviously the, I mean, we played, we played the Yankees who won over a hundred. We played the Astros who won over a hundred and we played the Dodgers who won over a hundred. Um, and we, you know, won every game on the road except the, the 28 yeah. inning game in, in, in Dodger stadium, you know? Um, but uh, that that just that whole run was special, um, you know, something that all of us will remember for forever. And um, yeah, I mean, you can't really beat from start to finish, man. You can't beat that year. Um, just what we were able to accomplish and um, how much fun we had as a group, and uh, you know how good you know how, it was just just a it was just a good team, man. Just a good group of guys who you know we all loved each other and played hard and um that was that was that was as good as it gets um for me and uh you know that that team and that that year will will go down for forever as you know one of the one of the better ones um ever you know so um a lot of fun to be a part of that and like i said keep saying it very fortunate to have gotten to play with some of the guys and some of the teams that I've gotten to play with and um, 2018 Red Sox will that they'll be, they'll be at the top of the list for me for a long, 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 long time. I think an important part of it, at least for my, if I'm you, this is how I'm looking at it because I think when you type in 2018 Red Sox and Google, two of the more important photos that come up are of you. And it's the point to the dugout for the cycle. It's a great, great shot. You got your name on the back. Great shot. And then you going nuts at second base in LA is another, that's another classic. We can't, uh, overstate that one. So really just props to you for being photo ready while you're playing. Yeah, always, which is surprising because I, 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 I've gotten a lot of baseball cards made of me over my career and none of them are very good. (laughs) So (laughs) the fact, the fact that the fact that we have some good pictures from, from that, from that run, that, 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 uh, that excites me because I'm not really ever that photogenic on the field. I'm always making some type of, some type of, (laughs) weird face or you know just not not the best look um so uh, i'm glad we've got a couple that are um that are good absolutely we will wrap with listener questions here brock first one comes in from matthew he says any chance you could sign at the all-star break and still break roger maris's single season al home run record never say never you know never say never um it would be tough obviously um, but all I have to do is just get on a roll. You get that first one out of the way and then they just, you know, then they keep start, coming. they just keep coming. So, um, it, it wouldn't be easy, but I, I wouldn't say impossible. I can promise the second that you sign the Maris family is going to be shaking a little bit. They're going to be like this guy again. Like they're excited that you're not in the league right now. Let's put it that way. Well, they're, they're probably the most excited that I'm sitting here talking to you guys instead of getting ready for a major league baseball game. <laughs> tonight so uh, yeah uh, this comes in from jeff and i'm actually i'm very curious of the 
of the answer for this one. Will you pull a 72 Dolphins and actively root against anyone that's close to hitting for a cycle in a postseason game? Oh, I already said it earlier in the podcast. No. Just wanted to confirm. I, you definitely will root yeah, against that. I will yeah. root I will root so hard against everyone that gets close. <laughs> like I think there's actually been a couple guys who KK almost did it. Yeah. You know, oh I, yeah, yeah. I want I want KK to do good, but I was rooting against him. I don't know what he needed. I think he needed like a triple or a double and he hit a home run. He hit another homer or something. I was like, KK, you better not do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> And I, oh, I'll be rooting hard, man. I'll be rooting hard. I got the jersey over there that says, um, "I should have, I should have put only, only should have say only player to hit, but we put first instead because surely someone will do it eventually." Um, which you know, I'll always be the first, which is pretty cool. But I would rather be the only. So if anybody ever gets close, I'm I'm, I'm rooting hard, rooting hard against them. We don't we don't want it to happen. I'm totally with you. I think I'd feel the same way. Uh, this yeah. one comes in from Holly. She wants to know what your favorite thing about Boston was, is, I guess. Yeah. Um, probably the food on, on the north end, the Italian food. Oh, I, love Ita- I love Italian food. Me and Lakin would go to the north end all the time, and I miss it so much. Um, great food, great restaurants, good people. I mean, I could go on and on. You guys know how much I love Boston. Um, we loved it up there. We'll be we'll be back. We'll be back visiting and um, built a lot of really good relationships um, that we'll we'll have forever. And, um, the Holtz, you 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 won't see the last of the Holtz in Boston, that's for sure. But um, I, I love everything about the city. Um, but you know, if I had to pick one, I would pick the I'd pick I, you got to go North End Italian food, man. Like I love it. You got I think it's like the first thing they tell uh, new guys to the team too. Because Story said that in his like introductory interviews, like they keep telling me there's Italian food in the North End. So I guess like the so, second you get signed, they'll so everyone I've, gets so I've, up and tells I've, you. I've had a I've had a couple people recently reach out to me and ask, "Hey, we're going to Boston and you know vacation in Boston and you know and whatever this summer. What 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 should we do?" I said, you got to go to the North end. You got to go to the North end and eat Italian food. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of fun things to do in Boston. Good, good, good spot. Um, but, but that's a, uh, that's a must when you're there is to, to, to go to the North end and walk around. You could, you could go into any restaurant down there and, 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 and be just fine. Yeah, so, to find uh, a bad one. That, that was, uh, that was, that was me and Lakin's favorite favorite thing to do while we were there is, is to go into the city, go to the North End, and, and, and get some Italian food. Love that. This comes in from Kelly. She goes, you're one of the best pitchers ever. Which of your pitches are you most confident in, and do you think you're the only player in MLB history to throw a 31-mile-an-hour strike? Well, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm one of the best pitchers ever. Um, I think my, my ERA would, would tell you otherwise. Um you know, if I, obviously if I had more outings, you know, I think I've figured it out. I think I've figured the pitching out. Um, the reason my ERA is so high is because of my first outing, and I didn't really know what I was doing, just trying yeah. to throw strikes. That shouldn't and count. You should just wipe that one. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously big league hitters, they, they know how to hit uh, strikes, you know. I was throwing BP, man. Mm-hmm. So um, first first batter I faced in the big leagues hit a three-run homer off me. So um, not a good start, but – you know, I think it just shows you what what type of player I am. I'm I'm able to learn. I'm able to make adjustments, and I did that. And that that ERA is gradually going down. Um, so I, I would need a few more uh, a few more outings to to get it to where I want it to be. But 
Um, but yeah, I would say, I mean, the, what was the second part of that? Am I the, just the, uh, basically what pitch are you most confident in? And only um, pitcher to throw a 30 mile an hour strike. Yeah. I think the, the pitch I'm most confident in is that, that I know will get an out is the, is the ethos. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the only, I'm, I got proof. I got, I've got living proof that I'm the, the only pitcher ever to throw a 31 mile an hour strike because where is it right here? What do we got? Oh, no look way. at that. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Slowest pitch. You have the ball with slowest pitch in MOB history on it. Wow. That's very good. That's proof. That's proof. Records. I'm a record setter. That is you funny. That's, That's awesome. kind of, I mean, kidding aside. Let's kidding aside here. I love love jokes. They're great. You're the only player in MLB history to hit a postseason cycle, and you threw the slowest pitch in league history. Those are awesome. Listen, listen. I guarantee it. The next person that does hit a, a cycle in the postseason, they won't have that ball. They won't. Nope. So I bet they never even touch a mound. Oh, so ahead. we're so we're in a, we're in a good place, I think, re- record wise. Um, yeah, slowest pitch, and and I didn't even ask to keep the ball. I should have. I like if I would have known, I would have I would have asked for the ball immediately. But I didn't ask for it. Um, uh, Brandon, our clubby with Texas, actually gave it to me like a week later. He's like, "Hey, I don't know if you wanted this. Like they kept it, they they authenticated it." And I was like, "What is it?" And they're like, "It's the ball that you threw, like the slowest ball." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Y'all kept that?" <laughs> I was like, hell, hell yeah, I want it. So I got a case for it and wrote it. Slowest pitch in MLB history. Um, so that's another one. I'm rooting hard against guys, man, position <laughs> players. I don't want anybody to break it. Because uh, I think I think I could break it if I if I got another chance. Yeah. Um, I think I could break it. But, um, I mean, 31 is, like, if you watch the, the video, that's, that's tough that to do. Like, I was going to say, I think it's a tough one to beat. That thing was – that you also the had arc. probably the, the biggest drop, and we'll just call it a curveball just because it curved. Well, that you know, probably Tre- had the biggest bend of a curveball ever. I think so, and Tre- and Trevi, uh, Jose Trevino was catching me. He That's why he's, his pitch framing numbers are so good is because he was he was catching all his balls and bringing them, bringing them down for me. <laughs> um, so if you, if you look at his, I think he's – I think for the Yankees, he's like, you know, he's like best in the league at, at pitch framing. It's like obviously – I helped him with that. So yeah, yeah. Um, props yeah. to him for catching a ball with eight feet of break. Eight feet um, of break, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is the last uh, listener question here. It comes from Mike. Uh, he asks, uh, "You were the Red Sox Jimmy Fun captain for five seasons. How much did it mean to you to carry that title?" Oh man, that's uh, you know that I, I tell people all the time. Like, you know, I don't know. I I, I didn't never know at the time. Like, you you always wonder why things certain things happen and. It's like why? Why am I getting traded to the Red Sox? You know, I, I you know, I'm doing well for the Pirates. Like, um, just got called. Just just made my major league debut. Played well. Like, have a chance to make the team the next year. Like, you know, when I first got traded, I was like, man, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna play for the Red Sox. Like, what, what am I doing here? Why, why is this happening? Um, and I, I, I truly believe that, you know, I, I got traded there to be a part of of, of the Jimmy Fund. Um, just the people that I've had the chance to be able to meet, um, the relationships that I've uh, I've been able to to build um, with Lisa, um, with the families, with the kids, 
uh, you know, I, I truly honestly believe that, you know, obviously, you know, God has a plan for everything. And I was supposed to be there to be involved with, with the Jimmy fund. And, um, you know, that being able to, to, to do that along with getting to play for the Red Sox was, um, icing on the cake. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't speak highly enough about the, my time with, with the Jimmy fund and, you know, me and Lakin both, like we still, you know, I still, we still talk to Lisa all the time. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still FaceTiming kids and families and we're trying to do whatever we can to help. And that's one of those places that regardless of where I'm at and what I'm doing, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to, to, to help out. And, um, um, uh, I showed y'all the Jersey earlier about, you know, with the lake and got it for me for Christmas one day. She, she got one of the jerseys that say Boston instead of, um, Red Sox, one of the home white jerseys. And she gave it to Lisa and Lisa had all the kids sign it at the Jimmy fund. And, um, that's one of my favorite jerseys I've got. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say anything other than, I love, I love it so much. I love the people there. I love being a part of it. I love being able to help. Um, it's not easy. Um, but you know, you, you see how strong the kids are. You see how strong the families are and, you know, try to put yourself in, in their situation. And I, I, I just, I'm not able to do it. Like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how the, the parents do it now that I'm a, I'm a dad. Like you see kids going through what they're going through and, and the parents are, are rock stars just just like the kids man they're they're strong people and i truly believe that one of these days we're gonna have a we're gonna find a a cure and 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 i i, I really believe that and i and i and i pray pray for that and um you know hopefully one of these days that you, you get the the diagnosis the cancer diagnosis it's not as scary as as it is that it is now and i think we're making the right strides and you know that there's no better place than than the Jimmy Fund, Dana Farber. They they do great work and they take care of everybody involved. And um, like I said, I'm I'm going to be involved with with that organization as as long as as long as they let me and as long as I'm on on Earth. I can tell you that. Yeah, they were lucky to have you, man. I mean, anytime I would see the photos of you with the kids, it was just so genuine. It was just a real. It seemed like you had a real bond with these kids. Um, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of players that have been involved, but I think you deserve a lot of credit for really committing yourself. Like, I, I feel like you treated it as a part of your career. Like it was, all right, I'm here to play, but I'm also here to really make a difference and actually like give back and like be here and try to put smiles on faces helps that you're great with kids. I mean, that's obviously a huge part of this, but, um, yeah, that's, that's something that I, I think does not get missed. We got a, a good handful of questions about the Jimmy fund. And people definitely appreciate what you did because uh, it really made a difference. Well, I mean, I just think that's part of being a professional athlete. You know, I think the you know, obviously we're we're you know our job is to to go out and perform and and um, and win games and do this and do that on the field. But you know, I think I think with that comes a responsibility of being you know good role models, being good people. Um, Cause you're in the spotlight, um, whether you want to be or not, um, especially in a place like Boston. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's not hard to be a good person. And I've said it, a, you know, I've said it a, a million times, like, you know, I'd rather be, be known as a good person more so than a good baseball player. I mean, obviously like if that's your job. Like you have to be good at it. Um, and you know, I wanted to be a good player, but 
you know, I've, I've always just, you know, I want to be good to people, uh, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, but I mean, with, with the responsibility and the, you know, we're, we're all lucky, man. We're, everyone who puts on a major league uniform is, is blessed beyond belief, um, to get to do what, what, what we get to do. And, um, but you know, there comes a responsibility with, you know, people, people kind of put you on a pedestal and, and, and watch what you do. And, um, you know, for me, it was, that was, that was part of the job. It was, you know, being a good role model and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an act, you know, it wasn't an act for me. Like that's just, that's who I am. It's how I was raised. Um, I love people. I love, um, you know, getting to know new people and building relationships and, and, you know, and that, I think that's why I kind of I fit in so well over there. It's just, you know, it's just what I, it's, it was a big part of, of who I am and, you know, both me and Lakin and, um, you know, and, and they made it easy. The Jimmy phone made it easy to, to, to jump right in and be a part of it. And, um, man, I'm, I couldn't be more thankful for, for the time I had there. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully we'll have, we'll have a lot more, uh, a lot more good times with them and, 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 and get to build more relationships and, and get to help out, you know, even more. And, and, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're all trying to do. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for, for every, every time, every, every second I had, uh, in Boston for the Red Sox, for the Jimmy fun, thankful for it all. And, um, couldn't be more, uh, more, uh, happy with, how things turned out and, you know, very fortunate, very fortunate human being, man, to, to be able to do some of the things that I did and, and get to be a part of some of the things that I've, I've gotten to be a part of and get to know some of the people that, that I know now and who I consider very close friends and family. Absolutely. And uh, more good times to come, I'm sure, with you and the Jimmy Fund. We are going to get you out on this, Brock. It is trivia about Brock. It's one trivia question. We'll see if you can get this. Oh, let's hope. You, let's hope. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on if you're going to get this or not. When you hit for the cycle in 2015 against the Atlanta Braves, who was the pitcher that you hit your eighth-inning triple off of to finish off the cycle? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, so. I have no idea. I only ask because I've never heard of this guy in my life, and I didn't know if you remember. Yeah. His name's Sugar Ray Marimon. Nope. <laughs> 25 and two thirds career innings. I yeah, he barely I'm, played in the big. You just told, I still have never heard of him. So, <laughs> but I'm glad he was pitching that day. You know, I think uh, I remember, I think I remember like he threw me, he threw me a pitch. I mean, literally right down the middle and I took it. I'm like, gosh dang it. Why did I do that? That was, and the then, threw, yeah, and then yeah. he threw me the next one. It was a fastball, like literally right down the middle again. And maybe I'll, that's why know. he's got 25 career innings pitch. I don't know. I mean, he, I mean, he was hard. He was throwing hard. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I would not have been able to get that one. Um, but that was wild, man. That was that was that was a wild one. Uh, that that the story with that's cool too because I think I was hitting leadoff that day, and Mookie was hitting second, and Mookie needed a home run for the cycle. Yep. So I go up, I hit a triple, I get it. If Mookie hits a homer there, like that's got to be the first time that oh. had to be the first time back to back players hit for the cycle. You no would chance think. this ever happened. Yeah. So that so we I gave I still give Mookie a hard time to this day and then and then I think a week later he needed a single in Kansas City and he popped out you know yeah. so he, he finally he got his in eighteen and a loss in Toronto eighteen and a loss and we dude 
that was that was something. Like we were losing by eight runs in the ninth, and he leads <laughs> leads off the ninth with a home run, and he's running around like we won the World Series. No, me me and David Price were in the dugout just oh dude, we were laughing so hard. We're like move. We're lo- still losing by nine, dude. Congrats, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, congrats. He was man. pointing at you guys, right? He was like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, and we were just dying laughing, like this looks so bad. <laughs> but like, man, but he was, dude. He's been trying to hit a cycle for like two years, you know, and he finally also, did. Also, let's know? be honest, right? That team was incredible. So I feel like you get a little leeway to yeah. celebrate a cycle, even. It was yeah, one of the I mean, eleven that, times you guys lost that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that was. You know, that, that goes to show you, like, how much fun we had as a team that, that year. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, we're losing by eight tomorrow. Mookie's, Mookie's running around like we just won the World Series. Like, we're definitely losing this game. Like, we'll just win tomorrow, you know? So, uh, I mean, that, that that's one of those moments where, like, we just we were just having fun, you know, regardless. Like, if we lost, we lost. Forget about it. We'll win tomorrow. Like, if we won, we're like, oh, well, we were supposed to win. You know, we'll do it again tomorrow. So it's just kind of a mindset that we all had, but man, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. Um, that's one of my favorite stories, uh, from that year was, was Mookie's ninth inning cycle down by 12 going, <laughs> going running around the bases. Like we, like we, like we're really, we're, we're, we're making a comeback here. So, uh, just good times, good times that whole year. Didn't There's matter a chance he's, he like uh, wasn't happy, or uh, he was so pumped after that home run, like right off the bat. He's like oh, throwing the no, bat. No, because he no, because he literally he's been trying to hit a cycle since the one I hit in fifteen. Because yeah, he was so close, and then he a week later he was so close he was one hit away again. Yeah, but he needed a home run. It, whenever I hit for the one against the Braves, he needed a home run, which is like whatever. Like home runs are hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess hard for me. You, not not you're so one hard. for one when you call it, but whatever. Yeah. But and then and then he needed a single against the Royals and we're like, all right, he's definitely going to hit a single. And then he popped up, you know, trying, you know, trying too hard. So he's he was trying to hit a cycle for the last two, you know, I guess 15 to two, three years. Yeah. And he, fi- he finally did it. He's like, dude, I need a home run. He hit it like just going going nuts around the bases. And we're like we're just me and David are just we can't stop laughing in the dugout. <laughs> so. Just yeah, I mean that that just goes to show you we 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 had a good time and um, it was fun. Like baseball was fun. That's what it's supposed to be. And um, uh, I think that's you know, obviously we had a lot of good players, but we we enjoyed we enjoyed being around each other. We enjoyed playing the game, and I think that that kind of just that just kind of helps, you know. And that that's I think that's part of the reason why we were we were so successful. Brock Holtz, appreciate you coming on Inside the Monster. We got to see you in Boston soon in some capacity. I don't really care what it is. You could be a vendor. That would actually be hilarious if you were the yeah. peanut guy. We might. Yeah. Sounds like I, a I might throw, throw, throw peanuts, throw peanuts or throw uh, throw hot dogs to people. Okay. Shoot, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, right now, I mean, my, my, my calendar is wide open. So <laughs> I've got a lot of time for a lot of different things. So. We'll we'll set some stuff up then. We'll, we'll yep. have to do that ideally. Right. But Brock Holt, thank you for coming on, my man. And we will be talking, I'm sure, very soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. All righty, we are back from the Brock Holt interview. Your favorite part of that interview, Joey? There's a lot to pick from. Uh, though him talking about the walk-up song. I uh, that was so I funny. mentioned it quickly there during the 
the interview that I was there, but I was. I was with friends, and it was. It was a tough game. I think the Sox were down like 7-2, and it was like the eighth inning that uh, Brock got pinch hit, and Whitney Houston blared <laughs> over the speakers, and I remember like looking around with my friends like, is this real? Is this actually happening? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was great hearing him recap that, his, his story about uh, Tyler Austin. I mean, it was all one big highlight. I love that when Brock... Brock's a great storyteller, of mm-hmm. course. We know this. But I love when he was telling that story and when he was telling the Mookie story of when he hit for the cycle oh in God, Toronto. Yeah. I love that Like the more he talked about it, the more runs the deficit kept building. <laughs> like when he, he was talking about yeah. the walk-up song, he's like, we're down, I don't know, 5-1. And so I'm coming out there, and then the songs go. And it's just nuts because like we're down eight runs. <laughs> And I'm 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 listening to this song and, and it's crazy because like we're down like twelve to one and he was doing the same thing for Mookie Betts. Yeah. He was like we're I don't know we're down four in the ninth inning or something like that. By the end of the story, he's like we're down nine. It's like, hey, in Mook, Toronto. we're still down nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so good. And it's a it's a classic move. I do it a lot too, mm-hmm. where it's like you already have a funny thing and then you exaggerate it a little more to try to get that next yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. I I get it, but no, Brock so Holt's the best and um, really appreciate him coming on and. And brighten it up the show, you know? I mean, we're coming off of a tough stretch here. Sox are heading to Baltimore where they hope to pound on the Orioles. Joey, it's time for the pitching matchups. Okay, folks, we've got a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. Game one is going to be Rich Hill versus TBD. And by TBD, I mean Kyle Bradish slash Bradish. So, Quick little, if we can just uh, cut the music right here. Uh, the Orioles announced who their starters were going to be about 10 minutes ago. So, and last time I checked when I wrote this all down, it was TBDs. So, we're going to kind of toe the line here. Uh, 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 Rich Hill had an improved performance from his marathon Monday start last weekend in Tampa. He went four scoreless innings, three walks, and four hits. Kyle Bradish is making his major league debut. He stinks. Game two is Nathan Evaldi versus TBD. Nathan Evaldi comes into his fifth start of the year. He's touting a 3-3-2 ERA and throwing 71% strikes. He's thrown his curve 84 times this year. Only one hit and has punched out 10. Uh, our TBD in Baltimore is Spencer Watkins. He's rocking a 2-7-7 ERA. He is... Uh, the top of their rotation. Game three is going to be Nick Pavetta versus uh, T uh, TBD. Uh, T, yeah, TBD. I hope I'm saying that right. Nick Pavetta is off to a tough start. Four losses in his first four starts, but his last start was his best, going four and two thirds, only allowing two runs off three hits. The Orioles TBD is, you guessed it, Jordan Lyles. 5.4 ERA, and that is your pitching matchup. Steve. For a weather update, in Baltimore, Friday night, first pitch, 7.05. We're looking at 63 degrees Ooh. at first pitch in Baltimore, Beautiful. Maryland. 0% chance of rain. That is delightful. We gotta get to Camden Yards. We'll get there sometime this year. I uh, gotta check the schedule. Maybe I think it's like mid-August or something. That, that's our best bet. But we gotta get there Saturday night, seven o five. First 
pitch, 67 degrees around first pitch on Saturday, which is just absolutely lovely. Sunday, it's going to be right around 62 degrees for that 1 o'clock first pitch. Not as sunny on Sunday, but y'all don't have to worry about rain this weekend if you're going to be there. And if I know Camden Yards like I think I do, a lot of y'all are going to be there. A lot of Red Sox fans always fill the Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. I just call it Camden Yards. Yeah, Camden Yards is nice. That's a nice, like, and it's, I think mm-hmm. about Cal Ripken. I think about, you know, the big old yeah. warehouse that Griffey hit in the Derby, you know? Yeah, my, my so, buddy's an Orioles fan named his son Camden. There Beautiful you go. Name. I like that. Yeah. It's a good name. But, yeah, we got a uh, very nice weather coming up in Baltimore. Ideally, that'll lead to some more ding-dongs or any ding-dongs at all. That would be ideal. Any dongs, Predictions? Any dongs will do. Predictions, yep. nothing too crazy here. I got somebody on the Sox having a multi-homer game. It could be literally anybody. I'm not going to get too specific because they haven't had any home runs as a team in six games. I was going to so say, anybody, that is kind of a bold. <laughs> kind of someone a bold is going to have a multi-homer game, and one of the Sox starters is going to have a no-hitter <laughs> through five innings. <laughs> All right. You got any predictions? <laughs> yeah, man, I guess. Uh <laughs> I think the Red Sox win at least one of these games. <laughs> All right. We got uh, voicemails. Are we doing voicemails? Uh, Wonder, yeah, let's do some voicemails. All right. We are going to wrap up with voicemails here. First voicemail. Steve, it's Josh. Alex Rigo Fan Club. Shout out. Uh, I just want to say I'm actually feeling pretty good about this team. I mean, the pitching has looked good. And the offense is going to get going. It's just a matter of time. It's not if, it's when. So I think that there's actually a lot more to feel good about than people think right now. I know the back end of the bullpen right now is a little shaky, but go Sox. I mean, was that Josh? That was Josh from the Alex Verdugo fan club. Oh, okay. What's up, Josh? Anyone in the Alex Verdugo fan club, I am a huge fan of them. Yeah, I I don't think... I would agree. I don't think it's as bad as everyone's portraying it. I know a lot of times if things are going poorly early in the season, it's always, oh my God, this team sucks. I'm not even going to watch, yada, yada. But it's hard. It's just hard to have a ton of optimism in the moment when the offense is this bad. Like, I understand it's going to get going. The bats are going to heat up. But again, it better happen in Baltimore is all I'm saying. Josh, you're a positive guy. Next voicemail. Waka's performance on Wednesday night was impressive. Do we think Waka's performance has made him a valid starter in our rotation for the future? I would say, Joey, and I'm not trying to be... This is not a pessimistic thing to say, all right? Mm-hmm. Waka's not a... a a sub two ERA guy. Enjoy okay? what you're getting out of Walker right now. It's awesome. Enjoy enjoy the time now because yeah. it's gonna get worse. Let's just hope he can live in that what three to four range. That would be a big W. If you can have Walker's ERA start with a three, give me that eight days of the week. I mean, with and if you're a Sox fan, root for that. Hundred percent. And if you know Sale and Paxton both come back and are both legit. And, you know, look like themselves. And Waka is not, you know, um, 
and Waka's a six starter. Right, if uh, he's like a legit starter, yeah. If he is in that th- that four range, that's great. Yeah. If the bottom of your rotation is your current war leader, that I think that's great. You know, I think that that's something to yeah. be hopeful. Strong about. four. That's what Waka should be aiming for. A strong four, maybe a three. Um, I'm I'm gonna play this one. I, I haven't heard this one, so this is just shooting okay. from the hip. Gentlemen, 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 it is a pleasure to be calling into this program. Uh, I just wanted to say I think it's time that we all appreciate the fact that we have a former National League Championship Series MVP pitching in this starting rotation. Michael Waka has been phenomenal, (laughs) so much better than I think any of us expected, but he deserves our respect. This man is a former NLCS great and could he be the second coming of Pedro? I don't know. People are talking. Keep up the good work. People are talking. Dude, I gotta say, I've been talking about baseball for a lot of my life, and I've never heard like the great word get used after NLCS. <laughs> like it's not it's not like he's a he's a great starter in the NL. Yeah. It's he's just, an NLCS great. It's just the series. <laughs> but that's when he really shines, when the lights are the second brightest, you know? And and it's former. Yeah. This guy this guy is a former NLCS great. So is Marco Scudero. I mean, come on now. <sighs> Oh God! All right, that was good. I needed that. I needed that laugh. That was good. Let's get let's get one uh, more. What, in what here. do one more? Yeah, one more. Yeah. Uh, let me. I'm trying to you know read the trench. former NLCS great. <laughs> oh, should, we should say something about it. Yeah, no, he might be the the next coming of Pedro. Thank you for yeah, calling. He could he could be based off of what he's doing. I mean, what's his ERA like? One seven seven. What's he at? Uh, I don't know. He's a one war. <laughs> That's what I looked up today. You're like, I got the stat. I got the I'm war stat. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> he has a one seven seven. Yeah, it's good. Which is 13th in Major League Baseball. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, boys, what are we talking about? We got Afcore coming back. Xander got doing his thing bad almost 400. And now we got the guys on a roll, the best offense in the league. What are we talking about, guys? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> we got some good stuff coming, boys. We got some good stuff coming. Thank you, Joey. This is it's Anonymous. funny because like we both we both agree that we should uh, put the voicemail line out there for the first time after a win, and it's pretty clear now this was obviously after the only win of the series because <laughs> these don't really match losing three out of four. Like, yeah, can you tell what game we put the voicemail line out after? <laughs> Uh, we got one more. Let's get one more. We got one yeah, more. Well, what, and shout out to whoever well, left what, that what one. What are you looking funny. for as far as? Uh... Uh, just, 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 just play one. You know, another wild card. Okay. Last one. Steve, Joey, long time listener, first time caller. Just want to throw this out there, Bobby Dahlback. Say what you want about the guy. Nicest tush in baseball. <laughs> there we go. I, I'm glad uh, we close on that one. Yep. So. Doesn't matter what Bobby's average is. Great butt. Yeah. Nicest tush in baseball. Oh, my God. Uh, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it for episode nine. I think that was a gem and a half. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, Joey, before we, we get out of here? 
yeah, two really quick ones. One of them is baseball. One of them is not. Uh, I thought it was weird that I wanted to get your thoughts on this too. Did you find it weird that Arroyo was playing short when Xander wasn't playing? That like Arroyo was in it short and Story stayed at second. No, they they said they wanted to do that this year. They want mm-hmm. to have Story stay at second instead of filling in for Xander at short. They want to keep him second full time. Okay, well, never mind then. I missed that. Yeah. I did think it was weird when I saw it, but I did not know it was addressed. Uh, the thing. Then my other closing thought: I don't like umpires doing gentle gestures. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple of that in this series when the going gets slow, the slow get going. You know what I'm saying? And they'll do like a slow fist up for an out, or the really weird one today that made me write this down. It was a safe call that looked like this. Oh, not great. Oh, it was like it almost looked like a priest. Like he was like showing his hands to the. It was it was very strange. I don't like it. I don't care for it. Steve, what are your thoughts? <laughs> The last dump of the series took forever on some of these calls, oh, man. Yeah. It's like he thought about it for a few minutes. He's like, actually, that last pitch was a strike. I had to, <laughs> I had to give it another like 10 seconds. Hold on. Wait, what did um, I call it? Because even Manoa, Manoa Endeavors had like a funny little stare off in one of those at-bats. Mm. And Alec Manoa wasn't turning around to like show him up after the strike. He thought that the ump didn't call it a strike because he took forever to call strike three. So I don't like that. Call, call a quicker strike. Uh, my closing thought real quick, and this goes out to Jeff Passan. Um, Passan will have some tweets where he's just really going for it. He's really going for the likes. The one this week was the all caps, THREAD, Yankees cheated, Red Sox cheated, Astros cheated. It's like, okay. First off, the best way to get me to not read your tweets is when you start with all caps, THREAD. I'm not reading your thread, all right? We got better things to do then read a thread about the stuff we already knew about the Yankees, Red Red Sos, about the Red Sos and the Astros, all right? My Boston Red Sos didn't do a damn thing that was different than what any other team was doing. The Yankees, eh, a little fishy. The Astros, obviously, we all know what happened. So Mm -hmm. um, go Red Sos. We will be back after this Orioles series late Sunday, early Monday. For Joey Capone, I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. (laughs) 